Welcome everyone to Dafyomi Gitin, one week at a time. Uh, this is our first lesson in Masachat Gitin, uh, or Gitin, as they say in uh, uh, outside of Israel. Um, today, I'm going to give an introduction, and then we are going to uh, learn Daf two till Daf seven. Again, as you know, we start on Daf two instead of Daf one. Uh, there are many explanations to this, and uh, we will uh, we will begin. Uh, now, again, Daf 1 could either be our last Masechet, right? We're never beginning or ending. We're always just continuing. Uh, or, uh, as some say, Derech Eretz, right? Being a good person is Daf number 1, and Daf number 2 uh, is our Gemara. So let's start with... Um, Let's start with just an introduction of what this Masechet is all about. Uh, as the title uh, implies, Gitin uh, comes from the word get. Gitin is uh, plural, multiple gets. Uh, so a get is a document of divorce. Uh, it is important to realize that really the word get just means a legal document. And we are going to see other types of documents that were given uh, in the time of the Mishnah and the Gemara. Um, but in general, colloquially, we use the we use the word get to mean a divorce, uh, a divorce uh, document. Um, the uh, Tosfot explains that the word get, if you add up numerically, uh, equals, right, Gimel is three and Tet is nine, gives you 12. And uh, a get is generally written in 12 lines. Uh, so it is a, a legal document uh, and it is the only way for someone to get divorced. Uh, we will discuss all the details of exactly how it works, um, but it is important to recognize that uh, in order for a couple to get divorced, right, even if they do uh, go and get a, a civil divorce, uh, according to Jewish law, they are not uh, they're not seen as divorced uh, till he, the husband, gives her a get. Um, it's important to recognize that the get must be given with his own free will, uh, which is where we uh, come into uh, some problems sometimes. Um, but we'll talk more about that as we learn the Masechet. Um, and according to the Torah, uh, according to the verses, the woman does not have to consent to the divorce. However, rabbinically, there was a decree uh, that a man is not allowed to divorce his wife unless she consents. Uh, so that is important to recognize, uh, so much so that there are uh, men who have been, uh, uh, I guess what you would call get ref um They've been, uh, I guess the word might be trapped because their wives refuse to accept the get. So it is important to recognize it's not the same uh, level, uh, but it, there is a, 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 some sort of parallel. Again, not exactly. Um, the get document itself has two uh, sections. One is called the Toref. Uh, and that is the revealing part, meaning it's what makes it unique. It has the date. We're going to learn that every get must have 
a date, it must have the proper names, it must have the location in which it was written. Um, and the second part of the get is called the tofes. Uh, tofes literally means a form, and that is the standardized uh, text of the get that every get uh, has. Um, the get can be written in any language, um, but usually it's done in Aramaic, the language of our Gemara. Uh, it could also be written on anything. It does not have to be written on parchment, though nowadays it is written on parchment and usually by a scribe uh, with ink, uh, though the Gemara is going to teach us that it could really be written on anything and with anything, as long as it would be uh, semi-permanent, meaning if you erased it, you would still see a um, some sort of remnant of the of the ink. Um, the verse says that uh, it needs to be for her, meaning for the wife, uh, and therefore uh, we're going to learn that it must be written lishma. Uh, usually, the word lishma means um, with uh, right l'shem shamaim or with divine um, intent. Uh, here, the word lishma literally means uh, for her, meaning the 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 get itself must be written for this woman. Uh, and we're going to learn um, a very you know interesting case where what if a guy's walking down the street and he happens to see in the garbage there's a get that has exactly his name and his wife's name. Uh, he cannot use it because it wasn't written for this woman, even though even even though it does have the same name. Um, we're going to see that the husband must give the get to his wife um, or place it in her domain. And we're going to see that it can also be sent via an agent, a shaliach. Uh, it also can be received by her shaliach uh, as long as she sent them. Um, it must be given in front of two witnesses. Uh, we'll see if uh, we're going to start off the Masechet learning, uh, do these two witnesses have to be there to witness the signing or to witness uh, the delivery of the get? And that's going to be the beginning of our Masechet. Um, the Gemara is going to teach that the, the get can have um, conditions to the get, uh, but they cannot be lifelong, right? He cannot say, you're never allowed to marry so-and-so. Um, they can be limited, right? For the next 30 days, you can't X. Uh, that is okay, uh, but they cannot be lifelong because the get needs to sever their relationship. Um, and if it doesn't, so then it does not, uh, it is invalid. Um, a divorcee cannot marry a Kohen. Um, however, uh, if her husband died while they were married, meaning uh, she's a widow instead of a divorcee, um, she can marry a Kohen, right? We've learned that only the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, is not allowed to marry uh, a widow. Um, we're going to see, as I mentioned, there are other types of gets. Uh, the other one that we're going to compare this to 
is what's called a get shichrur, and that is the document that gives a slave uh, their freedom. Uh, shichrur means to be set free, um, and the Gemara is going to draw many parallels between the divorce get and the uh, the get of the slave. Okay, let's begin with daf uh, number two. Uh, we're going to begin with the first Mishnah. And the Mishnah tells us that if an agent brings the, a get from outside of Israel, um, not including Babel, uh, but any other place outside of Israel, so then he has to declare uh, a, a statement. In Hebrew, it, the Mishnah says, Bifanai nechtav, Bifanai nechtam, which means that it was written and signed in front of me, right? So the the agent needs to say that they saw uh, the the get written and signed. Or uh, the Mishnah continues, maybe even right. We said out from outside of Israel, if he, if they bring it to Israel, um, maybe even from certain border cities or even like twin cities, meaning right over the border, um, or. Uh, maybe he doesn't need to make this declaration unless he brings it or takes it abroad. This seems to be a, a strange statement. The Gemara is going to explain it a little later uh, later on. Um, if a person is bringing it from one country to another, meaning outside of Israel, from one country to another, um, they do have to make the same declaration. Um, or even from one district to another. Now, the Mishnah didn't explain why we need this declaration, so we're going to see it's actually a machloket that we're going to get to in a minute. Um, we also, uh, the Mishnah defines what are the borders of Israel and what's considered outside of Israel and gives us certain cities. Some of them we recognize, Ashkelon, uh, Akko, uh, we're going to end with Akko today. Um, and uh, as we said, if he brings it from within Israel, uh, the the agent does not need to make this de declaration. But if someone contests the validity of the get, so then we have to confirm the signatures. Okay, so again, this is a legal document. How do you confirm that it is not a forgery? You look at who signed the document and you check, right, to make sure that these are the signatures of, uh, right, these are valid signatures of these witnesses. Okay, so the Gemara Andaf 2 tells us um, that there's a machlok at why one needs to make this declaration. Rabbah says you need the declaration because people weren't careful about writing a get with proper intent. Again, the phrase is lishma, um, because they weren't uh, very versed in doing it lishma uh, outside of Israel. So someone, when they come from outside of Israel, needs to uh, affirm that this document was written uh, in the proper manner. That's what Rabbah says. Or, right, Rabbah says um, that it's because the witnesses aren't able to confirm their own signatures, right? If you're coming right uh, from outside of Israel, from far away, it's very difficult to track down the witnesses that signed the document. Um, and therefore, the agent has to have seen the entire process 
in order to validate this get. Um, again, our, our problem is we're concerned that the husband is going to come and say, what do you mean I divorced my wife? We never got divorced. Um, she's just lying or this is fake. Um, so we need to validate the, uh, we need to validate the, um, the document, uh, as quickly as possible. Um, if two agents bring the get, according to the first reason, we would still need a declaration because we don't know how it was written. But according to the second reason, they could be the witnesses. So that seems to, um, that seems to contradict the second opinion. Um, and the Gemara says, no, uh, most people in, uh, most people outside of Israel were trusted to write it. Lishma uh, to write it with the proper intent, um, but um, we are um, still concerned about the validity of the signatures. Um, Daf three tells us that the sages were very concerned that a woman would be an aguna. If you remember, aguna means a woman who is literally, the word literally means chained. Uh, but a woman, right? We don't want her. Um, to get messed up uh, and not be able to get divorced. Um, so the, the sages said one witness is enough. Again, that one witness is the agent that is coming and bringing the, the get um, from overseas. Um, as we said, the agent has to give her the get in front of two witnesses. Um, therefore, right, it shows that um, the agent needs to be very careful to make sure that the, the document is a valid document, uh, and therefore we believe him uh, that it was valid. Um, again, according to Rava, one witness is enough to confirm the validity of the get. Now, in a regular document, not in a, in a divorce document, but a regular contract, normally has two signatures, and it's treated as accepted testimony, meaning um, as long as it has two signatures on it, you don't need to question um, the authenticity of the document because there are two witnesses signed on it, um, right? But here, um, um, but here with the get, we're again afraid that she's going to be an aguna, and therefore, as we said, um, the sages were lenient, and one witness is enough. Again, um, two witnesses signed the document, but one agent is bringing it with with them with him when he comes to Israel. Um, okay, when the agent says, right, it was si written and signed in front of me. Right, so it literally means that it was written for her, right? Even though he doesn't say those words, that's what he means. Um, and we don't make him have to say it was written lishma. He just says, I saw it. Um, okay, um, it's important to recognize that a woman in general isn't valid to confirm a signature's on a regular document because it's seen as regular testimony, but she is uh, accepted to say meaning she can be the agent, a woman can be the agent who brings the get and even the wife, meaning even if it's her own get, if a woman, if the wife brings the get 
to a court and she says, I was there, right, obviously, and I saw it being written, um, she is believed. Um, and we do not say that, um, that we don't accept her testimony. Um, okay, as we mentioned, we said that the agent has to say that he saw it being written and signed. Rabbi Meir says it only needs to be signed, lishma, meaning with the proper intent, but the writing does not need to be lishma uh, for this woman in particular. Rabbi Elazar says it does need to be written for her and it doesn't need to be signed specifically for her. Um, however, rabbinically, um, it, all, it does all need to be for her. Um, the Gemara continues and says that there are three types of uh, gets that are seen as invalid. Um, so, uh, okay, there are three types of gets that are seen as invalid. However, if she gets married in the meantime, and uh, right based on this get, because she thought really she was divorced, and then she had children, those children are not considered mamzer, right? They're not considered, I guess we would use the word illegitimate, but um, it means, you know, more than that in the, in the Jewish law. Um, so what are these three gets? Um, one is if um, no witnesses signed the document. Two, right, again, these are invalid, but if she already had got married and had children, the children are okay. Um, two, if there are witnesses, but there's no date on it, as we said in the introduction, there must be a date on the document. And three is if you have date, but only one witness. Um, so you see here that Rabbi Elazar actually shows that you don't really need two witnesses on it. Um, and it would be uh, an effective, I guess, um, uh, get. Um, okay, let's say, uh, okay, Dafor tells us, as I mentioned in the introduction, if you find a get on the street with the correct names, right? Uh, Yosef was married to Rachel. Um, if the signature is valid, meaning it wasn't signed yet, and then they take it to court and then they sign it, so according to this opinion, it works. Um, and that, of course, is a machloket. Not everybody agrees that that is the case. Um, okay, we mentioned that cities close to Israel um, on the border, still you need to make the same declaration that I mentioned before. Um, also, cities that are surrounded um, by the borders of Israel. So now the question goes back again, why do they need to make this declaration? Um, one reason, again, is maybe they don't write it in the proper way, so we need to make sure that it was written properly, or maybe they do. Um, and uh, again, another idea is that maybe, um, maybe it was... Um, Maybe the issue is the witnesses and that the witnesses, remember we said, it's difficult for the witnesses to come to Israel um, to, um, to uh, authorize their, their signatures. Um, okay, or, right, again, we're talking about cities that are close to Israel. 
Um, and the Gemara says we're not going to make a distinction between close and far, as long as it is outside of Israel, um, it's viewed as outside of Israel, and you need to make this declaration. Um, okay, the sages in the Mishnah say that if you bring a get from Israel to outside of Israel, you also have to make this declaration. So it must be about finding, it must be about uh, the witnesses, because why else, uh, again, we're going to assume that um, in Israel, people would write the get properly. Uh, so it must, that must prove that it's really about uh, the issue of the witnesses and not about the way it was written. Um, or uh, again, maybe they made a decree, maybe it is about uh, the way it was written, uh, but we say that if you're going in any direction into Israel or out of Israel, you must, you must make the declaration that you saw the get written and signed. Uh, we said that if you're going from one country to another country outside of Israel, you have to make the same declaration, but within the same country, um, you do not. Again, that seems to be a reason of witnesses. Again, travel in those days was complicated, but if you lived in the same uh, region or country, uh, travel was a little bit easier. Um, but uh, the Gemara says, right, maybe uh, when we have the issue of being in Israel, right, because of the Shalosh Regalim, right, the, the three major holidays, which are upon us in two days. Uh, so when you have the three regalim, people travel back and forth very often. Uh, and even if you live outside of Israel, people were still coming to Israel. Uh, the Gemara says maybe that's only when there is a temple, right? When there's only when there's a Beit HaMikdash where people going to Jerusalem or traveling all the time though they should see what's happening now because people tend to travel to Israel for holidays as well. Um, but uh, the Gemara even adds, right, even after the destruction of the temple, um, there are still courts all over Israel and people are still traveling uh, throughout the land. Um, even the Gemara teaches us that even in one city that's ruled by two different rulers, right, it reminds me of... Uh, right, Berlin, um, you wouldn't, right, they wouldn't let people travel, right, almost literally, right, they wouldn't let people travel from one side to the other, uh, and therefore, you would have to, again, say this, the declaration we mentioned at the beginning, uh, this, again, this seems to be a problem of the witnesses, because they can't go from one side to the other, and not an issue of the way it was written. Okay, um, Rabbah does agree, again, Rabbah is the one who talked about making sure that it's written properly. He does agree that if there is a travel issue, then for sure you still need to make that declaration, uh, as we mentioned it before. Um, okay. Um, all right. Um, as we said also, um, we were talking about uh, the agent bringing the get, um, let's say the agent brings the get, and he cannot say "befanai uh, nichtav," right? He cannot; uh, he didn't see it being written. So then you have to validate the signatures. So the Gemara asks, right? Why can't he say that he didn't see it? Right? What happened? Um, and one. 
right? The, the Gemara takes it actually literally for a minute. Maybe he's blind. So the Gemara tells us on Da 5, anyone can bring a get, as we mentioned, right? Even a woman. Um, but uh, there are three people who cannot bring a get. Someone who is um, uh, deaf, deaf, uh, a, sorry, someone who's cheresh, right? Deaf, mute. Uh, or someone who is shote, which means uh, insane, not in the right mind, and a katan, right? Whenever we have these three people grouped together, it means someone who doesn't have da'at, someone who doesn't have, uh, I guess you'd say, cognitive abilities, uh, and therefore uh, these three are not allowed to bring the get, but everyone else um, is is allowed to bring the get. So we say, um, okay, so what's this agent? So we, let's say he was hearing, right? He was um, a healthy individual uh, when the get was written, uh, but now he's a cheresh, right? He's deaf mute. For some reason, there was an accident on the on the road, and now he's a cheresh. Um, so that seems to be uh, that he, he is invalid to uh, make the declaration. Um, and then we say, no, that's, uh, we're not going to make a decree against this because this is not uh, a normal case, right? This is not a usual case. It's definitely um, an unusual case. Uh, as we said, the Gemara on Da 5 tells us that a woman can bring her own get. Um, she has to say, right, she has to declare that it was written in front of her like all the other agents. Um, but if the husband brings it, he doesn't have to say that. So the Gemara asks why, right? The reason an agent has to make the declaration is because we're afraid that the husband is going to come and say this is a forgery. So therefore, if he brings it, right, he's the only one who can say it's not true, right? So if he brings it, um, he's not going to say that it's fake, um, and therefore, right, because he's the one who's bringing it in the first place. Okay. As we said before, uh, we mentioned two people bringing a get. So now the Gemara tells us that if two people bring a get, they do not have to say, uh, in, we saw it being written, because they would be believed to just say that she was divorced, meaning two people are already witnesses, and they could say, we saw her get divorced, uh, you know, in New York. We saw it all happen. So the fact that she's bringing, that they're bringing it, is enough uh, for them to to just bring it to the court. Um, if an agent gave the get to a woman and the agent doesn't say right? he doesn't make the declaration, um, so then we have to validate the signatures. If she already remarried, so then um, we do validate the signatures, but we let her stay married. Again, we don't want to get into complications. You all remember, uh, those of you who learned Masachet Yivamot uh, and Ktuvot, right? But mostly Yivamot, it gets very complicated when uh, we, you know, people think that they're divorced and then they remarry. Uh, so we're going to try to be as lenient as possible if she's already married. Um, in the early generations, people outside of Israel weren't very careful about writing their get, uh, which is why Rabbah made his statement about um, having to have this declaration. Uh, but later on in history, uh, they were more careful, uh, and therefore they didn't need to make this declaration. Excuse me. 
Um, but uh, the Gemara adds, maybe they're going to forget again, um, and therefore um, they're still going to have to make this declaration. Um, um, the Gemara now says that we mentioned that the agent needs to give the get to the woman in front of witnesses. Um, there's a machloket now if the, he needs to give it in front of two or three witnesses. Uh, so the question is, why is there a machloket? So two witnesses is because, again, they weren't careful about lishma. And now that you have two witnesses, so they're enough to validate this, this get. Or three, why do we, would we have three? Um, because let's say there aren't witnesses to validate this get. Now you have three people, right? Three people makes a court and the court can authenticate the document. Uh, and now we already have three right there. So these three become dayanim, which is judges. They become a court as opposed to a deem, right? Two witnesses. Um, okay. Um, then we say that um, the agent is can be one of is the witness uh now how could he become a judge so we say if you need to so then we agree that the agent can be a witness or he could be a, a judge right if we need three right but uh, sorry uh yes if you need three um but again if it, sorry if you have two but if you have three so then the agent can only be a witness um, and then you need a third person, right? You need somebody else to come to be the judge. Um, okay. Uh, one opinion, uh, a different opinion that we, from something that we just learned, uh, the Gemara at the bottom of Da 5 tells us that if the agent didn't say uh, the declaration and then she got married and she, uh, and she had children, so one opinion is she has to leave her husband and the child is a mamzer. Uh, the child is illegitimate. The Gemara says, no, uh, the sages rule that the child is not a mamzer. Um, now we said that the document needs to be written lishma, right, for this woman. So now the Gemara says you don't have to watch every word being written. Um, you only have to witness the first line. Uh, the top of Daf 6 tells us maybe even you just have to hear it being written, right? Again, if uh, you've ever seen a scribe uh, write on parchment, uh, so that definitely the scratching uh, makes a sound. So if you hear it being written, that seems to be enough. Or it could even be written in another room of the house. Right? And if, as long as you come and go, uh, that seems to be enough to say that it was written properly. Um, we had said already all the way in the beginning uh, that the Mishnah says, if you're coming from outside of Israel, you need to make the declaration. Now the Gemara tells us that in that Babel, right, Babylonia, is like Israel for gets. What does that mean? That Again, we have to understand why. Let's hold off for one second. Or, no, 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 there's a machloket. No, really, it's like chutz la'aretz. It's like outside of Israel. What's the issue, right? If we say the issue is how it was written, so then we would say it's like Israel because there are great rabbis who live in Babel. 
so that can't be the issue, right? Or maybe the issue is witnesses, right? And we know that to travel from Babel to Israel is difficult. Um, it's still far. Um, or maybe uh, the opposite, right? Maybe people travel all the time from Babel to Israel because of all the, the study halls, all the yeshivot, and therefore people go back and forth. Um, or maybe they're so busy learning in Babel, they're not going to want to travel. Um, so that's the machloket about, uh, about Babel. Um, some some uh, people require the declaration to be said, even from one neighborhood to another. Um, the people in Machoza didn't recognize each other's signatures because um, everyone traveled so much, uh, so they weren't able to validate signatures in that city um, because no one was familiar with the other person's signatures. Sorry, Okay. Um, now we have um, we have a machloket about Akko. Um, Akko, uh, Acre, I think, right? Is that how you say it in English? I think. Um, so Akko is uh, in the north of Israel. Those of you who have uh, are familiar, it's uh, north of Haifa. It's not the most northern city in Israel nowadays, um, but uh, we use it as the Gemara used it as the northernmost border. Um, because it's so far, um, and if you're coming from there, that seems to be the border of the northern, the northern border of Israel. Um, okay, so let's say you come, we'll get back to Akko in a little bit. Um, if you go from Babel to Israel, uh, another opinion is, right, you do not need to say the declaration, or maybe you do, um, again, based on either are people traveling a lot or not. Um, from here, uh, on DAF 6, um, someone questions Rav Eviatar's greatness. Uh, they're not sure if he's such a great rabbi um, because uh, he doesn't um, score the parchment when writing a verse. We're not talking about um, in a Torah scroll, we're just talking about in correspondence. Um, and they actually question his greatness. So the Gemara says, what are you talking about? How could you question his greatness? Um, and the Gemara describes a discussion that he has, like a, diff a disagreement about how to interpret uh, a verse. Uh, he was learning the verses uh, in Sefer Shoftim, uh, in the book of Judges. Uh, at the end, there's a, the very a very tragic, terrible story of Pilegesh Bagiva, uh, the uh, concubine um, who uh, meets a very terrible death. Um, and there's a, there's a disagreement on, you know, what made her, uh, you know, leave the house. And um, there's a disagreement, and then they, they meet Eliyahu Hanavi, right, the, the prophet, uh, who, tells him, who tells them, right, again, this is to Rav Eviatar, um, and they say, what's God doing right now? And, and Eliyahu Hanavi says, God's actually learning the verses that you were talking about. And he's saying, right, Eviatar says this, and Yonatan says that. 
meaning God was actually learning their disagreement. Uh, and Eliyahu says, uh, and Rav Aviatar says, wait a minute, how could God be talking about our disagreement? Doesn't God know the truth? Right? Obviously, only one of us is correct. Uh, and Eliyahu says, no, don't you understand? And a very, very famous line, Elu ve'elu divrei chayim hen. Right? These words, right? These and these are, right, are both the words of the living God. Um, right? That basically, uh, right, you're right and you're right. How could everyone be right? Uh, and the Gemara explains that first, you know, the first case happened first, and then the husband got upset but didn't throw her out. And then the second case happened, and that's what uh, the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, so basically, he says um, both are right. And I think this is um, uh, a beautiful discussion of understanding that even when people disagree on how to interpret a verse, uh, or maybe how to interpret a law. Uh, it's important to understand that uh, there could be uh, multiple explanations, and I think that that's a very uh, important lesson uh, from this duff. Um, okay, uh, from here, right, since we were talking about the husband getting upset, right, maybe there was a fly in his food or there was a hair in his food, um, but from here, uh, the Gemara goes into uh, numerous stories of people who uh, instill fear in their home and how it's not a good thing. Uh, it's actually a terrible thing. And it leads to, uh, A, the terrible story in Sefer Shoftim of Pilegesh Begiva, uh, but it also can right, lead to terrible things, right? It can lead to uh, immorality. That's the, um, so immorality in the sense that uh, if a woman is so afraid of her husband, um, let's say she's afraid to tell him that she couldn't go to the mikvah, um, so then maybe she will right, sleep with him anyway uh, and, um, and um, transgress uh, a very terrible sin. Uh, it leads to murder, right? That's Pilegish Begiva, the story that we just mentioned. Uh, and it can also lead to Chilul uh, Shabbat, right, where people will... Uh, transgress the Shabbat, all of the, right, if people are so angry, uh, then the people of the household will be uh, concerned and will not uh, tell the person the truth, uh, and it will lead to uh, terrible things. Uh, but, and from here, the Gemara tells us at the daf, top of Daf 7, that a person, right, we actually say this uh, every Friday night at the end of Bameh Madlikin, right, a person should calmly ask his household before Shabbat if everything is ready for Shabbat, right? Isartem, did you take off Maser? Eravtem, did you make an Eruv? Right, Hidliku etaner, right, go and light the candles, right? And the Gemara really focuses on the fact that um, you need to say it in a calm voice. I think this is an important lesson to all of us. Uh, sometimes right before Shabbat, we get um, maybe a little excited about the fact that it's almost Shabbat and did you do this and did you do that? Uh, so the Gemara is very careful to say that everyone must try to remain calm uh, when preparing for Shabbat. Um, as I mentioned, um, this is started with a discussion about uh, what's called sirtut. Sirtut means to score the parchment before one writes a verse. Uh, and from here, 
um, there are numerous stories on DAF 7 about different sages who were asked certain questions, and when they responded to the questions by writing a verse, uh, first they scored the parchment before they wrote, uh, before they wrote the verse. Um, okay, since we're talking about interpreting verses, um, the Gemara explains two different verses that have lists of cities, right? It just sounds like um, types of, you know, the different names of the cities. Um, the Gemara interprets the, the names of the cities uh, homiletically, meaning uh, with more, uh, I would say, uh, lessons for us on how to live our lives. Um, you know, they, they use words that are similar to the names of the towns, and a lot of it uh, is talking about if one restrains one's, one's anger or one's desire for revenge, then God will take care of that person uh, and um, everything will work out in the end. Um, and here now the Gemara goes back um, to discussing, if you remember, uh, those of you who finished uh, Masechet Sota with me last week, um, we learned about at the end of the Masechet um, different uh, decrees or different things that stopped happening uh, as, uh, as the temple was being destroyed, either before, during, or after. Um, and the Gemara here brings up something that we actually learned last week. Uh, and it says that uh, they stopped making the wreaths for the grooms um, at when the, temp the temple was destroyed. Um, and here the Gemara brings it based on a verse uh, that talks about removing your wreath, uh, removing the turban and removing the wreath. And the Gemara learns that when the Kohen Gadol, when the high priest um, was in the temple, so then the grooms could wear this wreath. Uh, but when the, the, there was no longer a temple, so then um, the grooms could no longer wear the wreaths. Uh, it's important to understand that this is only rabbinic, not biblical, uh, but the brides could still wear their wreaths. Uh, and we saw that uh, last week in Sota, the discussion of um, they were still, the brides were still allowed to wear these wreaths um, till much later, and then they too were not allowed to wear those wreaths. Um, the Gemara talks about, since we're talking about the destruction of the temple, um, the Gemara talks about punishing the Jewish people um, for making unimportant things uh, important. Um, and here the Gemara actually mentions, which uh, again, like my kids always make fun of me, but uh, I love how Dafyomi is always connected to something that's going on in our daily lives. Um, so the Gemara on Daf 7 says that when God says he's going to uh, destroy the Jewish people, um, the angels say, God, how could you destroy the Jewish people? These are the people who said, right? These are the people who at the giving, the receiving of the Torah, they said, we'll do, and then you can tell us uh, what's in the Torah, right? The angels say, these, these holy people you're going to punish? And God says, yes, unfortunately, uh, these 
holy people um, have now sinned so much uh, by making unimportant things important, uh, by putting idols in the temple, that their temple is going to be uh, destroyed. But, uh, which is sad, uh, terrible, but uh, the, the, dis- the discussion about uh, Matan Torah, the giving of the Torah, when, which we're going to be celebrating uh, in two days, I think it's just a, a beautiful reminder to us uh, that the, the angels were, were on our side. They were trying to save us, but uh, unfortunately, the temple was, uh, was destroyed. Um, okay, uh, the Gemara continues and tells us that um, the importance of giving charity, and the Gemara says that even if a person has limited funds, they should still uh, give charity and uh, so much more so wealthy people should give charity. And there's a, a, a beautiful uh, parable, a beautiful mashal. Uh, the Gemara says, it's like two sheep that are crossing a river. Uh, one is shorn, uh, right? The, the wool has been cut off uh, and the other has all its wool, right? The one who's shorn, meaning the poor one, uh, is uh, can cross the river easier than the one that's full of all its wool. Um, that ha- that can't right. That sheep cannot cross the river because it's so um, um, uh, weighed down by its wool. Uh, and I think that that's um, a beautiful image in terms of how we value material wealth uh, and material goods. Uh, and I think the Gemara is trying to say, right, in the end, you can't, you can't take it where, where it's important, where you need it to go. So uh, it's very important. Again, the Gemara is not saying you have to give everything away, <laughs> but um, you should make sure to give tzedakah. Um, and the Gemara, uh, the last thing about charity, uh, the Gemara says even poor people, right, even someone who is receiving charity should... And here, if you look carefully, the Gemara says that person should um, should do charity. It doesn't say give charity, but it says to do la'asot tzedakah. Uh, and I think it's a very powerful message. Right? I think the Gemara is saying, um, even I don't think it's saying if you have one penny, you have to give that one penny away. Uh, but I think that even if you have one penny to your name, you can do something kind to another person, right? You can smile, you can visit the poor, the visit the sick, you can open the door for someone, right? So I think the Gemara is saying, uh, recognize that everyone has the ability to be charitable, whether it's with their money uh, or with their deeds, their actions. So I thought it was a very, uh, very powerful. And uh, I just thought, uh, back to connecting it to Shavuot, right, the very famous story of Ruth and Boaz, when we read Megillat Ruth, uh, that, uh, that Megillah is all about uh, being kind uh, and charitable, uh, whether it means literally giving, giving poor people food, uh, or it means uh, taking care of, of those that are less fortunate. So uh, that's another good connection to uh, to the upcoming uh, holiday of Shavuot. Um, okay, uh, let's finish up Daf 7. Uh, the Gemara says, as we mentioned, Akko being the north, um, that if you're traveling north from Akko, then on your right to the east 
uh, it's considered outside of Israel, um, but to the West uh, is considered inside of Israel. Um, so here the Gemara seems, even though nowadays, if you know your geography, uh, Akko is actually on the coast, so there really wouldn't be anything to the west of Akko. Uh, here it seems to say that Akko was maybe a little bit more inland, um, but the Gemara explains that there was a strip of land from Akko to Kziv, which nowadays like Achziv, um, and that strip of land was considered Israel, even though to the east of it, it was not considered Israel. Um, from here, uh, the Gemara talks about a get that's brought by ship. And it seems that it was actually written on the ship. And it seems that the ship, at least at this point, but maybe next week we'll see differently, it seems that the, the ship was on a river in Israel. And the question is, is the ship viewed as in Israel or out of Israel, right? Do you need to make the declaration or not? Um, and the question is, right, is the boat seen as resting on the ground, even though it's floating? Or do you need the boat to actually be resting on the ground itself in order for it to be considered, um, in order for it to be considered uh, being in Israel or not? Uh, so we are uh, going to end with this. Um, I see we have a few minutes, so if anybody has any questions uh, or comments about our new Masechet, I'm happy to uh, uh, hear any questions or comments. Anybody have any thoughts? You can unmute if you'd like. I wanted to ask, um, uh, as far as you said that you talked about Akko, but did you also mention what was the, what was the southern border? Uh, yes. Ashkelon? So yes. So Ashkelon and um, wait, there. I just closed my notebook. Hold on. There's one more. I think it was Rekem, if I'm not mistaken. Hold on one second. Um, one minute. Where was it? Um, I don't remember. One second. One second. It was another city. I don't see it right now. Um, it wasn't a city that we that we're familiar with. Yeah, that kind of Yeah, it's not a city that we're familiar with. Um, but I will draw your attention if you're interested uh, in the in the Akko issue. Um, Shul, my friend Shuli Mishkin wrote a very a very nice. All her pieces are excellent on Hadran. Uh, she wrote this week about uh, about Akko. Is it where where it is now? How did we? Uh, you know, how does it, how did we determine that that's, you know, where it is? So, um, I, I send you all to, uh, to see her, uh, to see her, uh, article on Hadran. So that's interesting that both Akko and Ashkelon aren't our borders anymore. Uh, we're further north and we're f further south. So. Correct. Correct. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Any other comments, thoughts? I just wanted to dedicate this uh, share to Flash Lima for my father and my brother, Oi. who are both in hospital. My father is Menachem ben Krendorivka, and my brother is Rafael Chaim ben Sara. Okay, they should both have a Refuash Lima. A Refuash Lima, and just the Sarotovot, and I want to wish everyone a Chag Sameach. 
and enjoy your Shavuot. Uh, and Bezrat Hashem, I'll see you next week. Uh, Rabbi, you you mentioned. Um, uh,